0: Welcome back, I am so excited, I'm saying welcome back, there's been other podcasts on, but this is the first solo episode I've done in so long and I'm so excited to get into it. So I must say thank you to the person who's going to remain anonymous that sent me a DM that really inspired this episode. Um, They sent me a DM, the content of which will become clear. And at first I was like, and I replied, and I was like, you know what, I'll happily do a video about that. Went to do a video, I was like, this is long. So (laughs) let's make it into a podcast episode. And so that's what we're doing. And I'm really, really excited to be able to, yeah, tell you this story. So the DM, let me read you a little snip of the DM I got. Um, So when, no, bit of backstory first. When you sign up to my emails, we have one of those snazzy welcome sequences, which is just means that there's some emails that come out to you. once you sign up and the first email people get is one I get a lot of replies about and people somebody even messaged me a while ago saying I signed up to your emails somebody told me to wait for the first email from you because it's a really good one and she's like it's amazing and she sent me a message and I was like oh this is hilarious people are actually talking about this email so if you want to read the full content you need to go straight to um my website or the show notes and sign up to my emails and you'll get it I think it, it arrives almost instantly. So um this person had read that email and in that email it talks about how I went from um having £7.50 in my account to making seven and a half thousand pounds and I think it might say within four months, which I think is right. I'm really aware that I can't be exactly sure of the timelines. I know it was in the first six months of my business. So um within that time and I made basically seven and a half grand in a month that was my first like really big month um although I'll be honest all months felt big at that time and so they were asking me and I did that without a website and certainly without an email list and they were asking me how I did that and that's why I was like yeah you know I'll I'll do you some videos but there's so much to say on it and so you all have this what is essentially going to be like a masterclass of what to do if you're just starting out, but also what actually matters in your business. Like, this is not an episode aimed at new business owners, although it'll be absolute gold if that's where you're at. It is really about how we overcomplicate so much of our business and how we try and add all these things. Even me mentioning a welcome sequence, they're all nice to have but if you aren't getting the fundament, fundamental things I'm about to talk about, that will be the main things impacting your business. If you're sat listening to this and you're thinking, oh, the reason I'm not making money, the reason I'm not making the money I want to, it's because my website, I don't have a website, or it's because my website's not good enough. That is not the reason. There are people with shit, shit <laughs> websites making money. There absolutely are. It is not, I'm not saying that those things aren't important things to invest in and all of that. I'll get to that at the end of the episode. What I'm saying is that's not the crux of the issue. So I'm going to talk you through what I did and I'm going to talk a little bit about what I would do now. Now that I make a lot more than that in a month, Um, I did the maths actually. Now I've made over half a million pounds over the years of my business quite a bit over half a million pounds and so it's not wasn't a fluke it wasn't one month at seven and a half grand that's happened over and over again and that's actually seven and a half grand to me now like in context of my business is not a particularly good month so but at the time obviously and I know for so many of you listening it was mind-blowing so let's get straight to it step one the very first thing I did was I got visible and I did it as me. Now every time I talk about being visible, I know people think Ray's saying I have to get on video. That actually isn't what I'm saying. For me, it is video that I love. I also love podcasts, but I'm videoing this as I hello, you might be watching on YouTube. I'm videoing this as I um as I talk as well. I I just love speaking. That is a way that I am able to communicate who I am and my message really um there's a better word than well <laughs> um yeah just in, in an impactful in a powerful way that works for me but when I say visible what I mean is that you are showing up as visibly who you are that can be in written words it could be if you are someone who makes things if you're um, if you create products if you curate products it could be in the way that you choose those things you know like somebody's home, can be visibly them, right? And it's not just that you get to see them. It's like your clothes can be visibly you, because they are a part of you. They express who you are. And so, yeah, it could be in the way you write stuff. It absolutely could be video. I do think videos a really easy way to do it. I know a lot of us get hung up on it, um, but if you can get used to it, trust me. If you'd said to me, I can't think how long it would be now, seven years ago um Ray you are gonna love nothing more than to do a live video online I would have probably just been sick right there with the idea of it um but I adore them and I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't learned some of the stuff that I'm going to share with you now so um before I ran this business I was running a different business I was a hypnobirthing teacher and I had a Facebook group and I remember um doing this video like I basically I had two children I was gonna say at the time I still have two children but they're much older now but I had two little children I had a baby um who I was born I was pregnant when I trained to be a hypnobirthing teacher so he was tiny and I had a three-year-old probably at that point point. and so I was doing videos in this Facebook group for my hypnobirthing company um and I, was also had these children around me and so I remember once holding my laptop on my hands live on my laptop and a Facebook group so holding that in one hand um I was thinking I was in the kitchen doing this video probably talking through like what to do if you're overdue or something and I the kids what wanted me to put on, I think it was Paw Patrol a new episode of Paw Patrol and I remember being in the kitchen being like right if I go in that room All these new mums, all these um, mums who are pregnant, pregnant mums are gonna, pregnant people are gonna know that I have stuck my kids on telly in order to do this video. But I couldn't get them to be quiet. I had to, like, I would have had to go, stop it. And it would have been really clear that that's what I was doing. So I walked in with my laptop, holding my laptop on the palm of my hand, chatted and said, hey, everybody. I've just got to go and, you know, talk to my kids. So had the a video was still live in the group. And I was like, hey, Stan, my oldest, like, what do you want on? All right, buddy, talking to him. And then I just went back into the video, walked back into the dining room and carried on with my live video. Didn't really think much of it. I got so much feedback on that video. And so I started to not try and avoid interruptions, not try to. Uh, style out and make my videos perfect I just started to let them be as if I was chatting to a friend and that happened as if I was FaceTiming and that happened I started to just let them be what they were and not try and pretend I was someone else on them and I started to get my business started to really pick up because people were seeing these videos they were connecting with who I really am or who, who I really was at the time they were trusting me I had people traveling across like you know, I live in Kent, people traveling from Sussex to come and work with me because they'd seen my videos. Like it was really amazing. and and I remember getting these DMs. like oh, I remember that video with about with Paul Patrol, and I just said, "Wow, I can't believe how you're showing up online. And that lesson has stuck with me throughout my business. I still think about that now with the way I show up. So I got visible when I started my coaching business. It started, so to come back to the question, it was about how do you do it without a website? So at the time, Facebook groups were a really big deal. I know some people are still absolutely smashing it with Facebook groups. Um, I have neglected mine. Um, So um, I don't get much business from that anymore because I don't post in it right now. Um, But what I found was when I started my coaching business, Facebook group. I went live every day. There is a video. It's an old group now, so it's been archived because the group I have now is my second group. Um, Once I started to talk about money, I changed things. But when I first started um, that Facebook group, the coaching one, and there's a video of me walking. I've got Stanley on a uh, buggy board. I've got Gus in the buggy. I'm walking them to my friend's house. Stan is asking me about. (laughs) all the different, he wants to like say all the numbers of the houses out loud. So he's like, look, mummy, 32. Look, mummy, nine. Look, mummy, this. And I'm talking about how the patriarchy impacts things. <laughs> and going, yes, darling. Mm-hmm. Okay. And just like really kind of doing both things at once in the way that mums of small babies are like absolute ninjas for. So I'm doing all of that. Um, And I just like let that be there. I let... Those parts of myself be seen. And that has evolved. I'm no longer the main caregiver. My husband is a stay at home dad. So I don't have the kids. Like occasionally clients will see them, but they don't come into my content as much. And as they've got older and stuff, I obviously want to keep that private for them. Um, But it was such a huge lesson in being visibly me. So I showed up day in, day out. I absolutely had periods where I didn't like for a few weeks, um, sometimes a bit longer. Mostly I was in that Facebook group almost every day with a live video Um, when live videos were like the thing. I would just have a topic and be like, yes, I can talk about that. And I'd go and do it. So very unrehearsed, very like um, me thinking about one point and really talking that through. And I did, I also like a lot of people at the time, like I said, this is not something I was always comfortable with at all. It was my worst nightmare um, to be sort of anything that felt performancy, which is why I made them as unperformancy as possible. I think in terms of just showing up as me. Um, and people used to say to me like, "How can you do that? How can you just be there and be seen all the time? Aren't you worried people don't like it?" And I had just decided I'd had this revelation that our brains are so powerful. At creating, mine certainly is, at creating negative stories with no evidence. None. How many times does someone look at you funny and you think, oh, they're probably thinking this isn't this about me, and then this is happening and this is happening, and you've told yourself a whole story, upset yourself, (laughs) like offended yourself with the story you've just told yourself. You've got no evidence for that other than maybe they like glanced at you in a certain way. (laughs) Just me. So I decided, I was like, our brains are so powerful at coming up with these negative stories. They can be just as powerful coming up with positive ones. So, yeah, I don't have a load of evidence that everybody loves it. I gathered that as time went on. But I'm going to choose to believe the positives about it. I'm just going to choose to believe that either people love it, these videos, or they don't. And they're going to, they're going to go. They're going to leave the group. They're not going to watch. And I think that the other thing that I did a lot is everything, everything I did when it came to marketing my business, I thought, and particularly this was true of the videos and the visibility side of things, I thought, how does this help people get to know me? How does this help people to trust me? That was so, I would run any decision I made in terms of the sort of thing I was doing, the sort of lives, if I was offering workshops, whatever I was doing, I would run it through that filter. And so actually, I had something which I teach a lot. We talk about this in my courses a lot, in Sell That Thing, in Plenty. I had an alternative marker of success. The alternative marker is is this allowing people to get to know me, is this allowing people to trust me, it wasn't just will I sell anything off the back of this, am I making money off the back of this, it was a wider thing and I think it's really important to remember we don't make content for people to like it, we make content um, and we show up and we market our work as much to repel people as we do to attract people and I will say that will probably, they'll probably put that on my tombstone. Like I, <laughs> I will not stop saying you do not make content for everyone to like it. That is not the point. You make content to attract the right people to your work, which means you have to repel the people that aren't a good fit. And I've always actively repelled, on purpose repelled, as much as I have aimed to attract people. You know, I understand that sometimes people are going to be like, Ugh. I don't know what people think. But, you know, whatever they think about can't stand her and her headscarves or whatever. You want to say. I don't know. Um, and that's fine. That's fine. Um, OK, number two. Number two. Hang on. Before I go into number two, I just want to think. So if I was doing this today, what would I do? The same. But it would be reels. And it would be longer videos and I'd be on TikTok and I'd be doing it that way. If you are someone who if video is less of a thing, podcasts, write posts, get like write blogs and get it on Pinterest. Like I understand that Instagram isn't all there, but equally, you don't need a massive following to make money. And actually, I haven't made that a point, but that was my big lesson in my early parts of my business. Like you do not. I made 94 grand my first year and I had certainly a a Facebook group of way under a thousand possibly under 500 people I know when I had this seven and a half grand month I think I had about three to four hundred people in the Facebook group at that time you don't need a huge following okay so number two I sold and by that I mean I probably waited a little bit while I set up the group, but I know I went in and offered stuff quickly, really, really quickly. Um, I was having coaching at the time and I'm pretty sure that person encouraged me to do that. Um, but what I will say my very first offering, I remember it really well. I think it was called Mindset Magic. And that very first offering, not only did, it, did I not sell any, not only that, no one even liked the posts. I think I only posted about it twice in the group and then I ran away now that offering I still teach a lot of that stuff I still talk about a lot of that stuff in my work what would have been in that and I took that offering and I uh, sort of added it in to other other offers and I remember like two weeks after I offered that, someone was obviously scrolling through the Facebook group and they were like, oh, are you still offering this? And I was like, that was the only interest I got someone two weeks late. So, yeah, I did sell sell quickly in terms of I offered I invited people in. I offered out what I was doing. It took me a while to get used to not running away after I'd sold like after I'd offered things and, and got the tumbleweed. But I didn't wait. I didn't wait until I had a certain amount of followers. I didn't know you were meant to. And I don't think you are meant to. If someone's saying that, please ignore that advice. Um, I didn't wait until I had a website. I didn't wait until I had the perfect offer. But what happened was I sold that, well, I attempted to sell. I offered out that lower price offering. I can't remember how much it was now, which didn't sell, but I know it was like, it was low end. I feel like it was under hundred pounds. So I offered that out, didn't sell. And then what I did was I started to sell higher ticket stuff. So I started to sell um, one-to-ones really quickly. And I I really can't remember how much I charged. But one of the things I've just realised, I I skipped ahead massively on the story. Like like I said, sign up to the email and you'll get the full story. But essentially what happened was I, my... um, my family was in dire need of money. My husband had started a business that wasn't working. Um, and I didn't realise, as a stay-at-home mum, uh, running a business, like um, a and business, which was bringing in 300 to 1,000 pounds a month. Um, very unreliably, very patchy a lot of the time at that point. And I, I didn't realise how little money the business was bringing in. That he was running at the time. And he didn't tell me, and so he suggested we sold some stuff on eBay. And I thought that's a weird thing for him to say. Why is he would never say that. And then I think I was like, why, why are you saying that? How much money have we got? And he said we've got seven pound fifty. I was like, holy what? I was like, what do you mean? So I thought we had quite a lot of savings that were going to tide us through this um, beginning of this business, but we didn't. And he'd not wanted to worry me with it, worry me with it, all of that stuff. But there we were. Oh, we're fine. It was a very rough patch. We're fine. We had therapy. We're good. He's amazing. Um, We learned so much from that period of time about each other and ourselves. (laughs) And so we, yeah, we were like, huh. Or I was like, what? (laughs) I hadn't been, so to be really clear, I had been a very, uh, distant member of our family when it came to finances in that I couldn't check, I pathologically couldn't check our balance. Like it really, really scared me. I hadn't checked my bank balance for years. And um so I then was able to check it. And part of starting the coaching business, it took a little while. We went on benefits, we maxed up credit cards, we borrowed from family, all sorts of things. But during that time I started the coaching business. And so one of the reasons that I sold those higher ticket items straight away rather than waiting was because my family needed the money we were in a situation where I I would have hungry kids and I'd open up the cupboards and there'd be no food in them I actually didn't have any money to go and get them food so I was having to call up relatives and be like could you drop over a bag of shopping now you know very grateful very privileged to have those people um but you know if we hadn't had them it would have been food bank a food bank situation like we were really really struggling so when it came to charging when it came to getting people um when it came to you know getting clients I wasn't going to faff around with those lower price things if they weren't working and I think that that was a real plus side of that very tricky time is they talk a lot in the coaching world about quantum leaps and um I absolutely quantum leaps in that moment i went from earning like we said i had seven pound 50 in my bank account and like a few months later seven and a half grand Um, and i it allowed me that what was basically you know it was it was there was a desperation there in terms of of us needing money that was obviously very uncomfortable not i wouldn't recommend it (laughs) how how do you make your business do better I know get yourself in a desperate situation no don't do that but what it did allow me to do was bypass what would normally have consumed me bypass the fears the self-doubt because all of that stuff felt quieter than the reality of our situation and so I was able to do things that maybe now even I would overthink more I didn't overthink it because I was like no that makes sense got to do that I'll do it and I, d- I don't remember worrying about how much I was charging, even though when I go back, and I kind of know the realm of it, I think it was about it was a1,000 $1, to 1500 when I go back and think, "Wow, that was bold for where you were at that time." But I built up a lovely, amazing group of one-to-one clients who pay you know who paid monthly, and that really sustained the business. And I think a lot of one of the big mistakes people make really is thinking that you're starting out so you need to offer low ticket group type items or or like e-courses or you know e-products when actually that's the sort of thing that you're stacking them high selling them cheap you need the volume in at that price whereas there is nothing wrong with selling a higher ticket item to one or two people so when i had less people in my audience that was okay i only needed three sales sales and that would feed my family it was absolutely you know amazing and I couldn't believe that it was the sort of work where I got to hang out with these brilliant people and coach them I just couldn't believe that that was possible it was it was amazing so yeah be really mindful of where you are telling yourself that you need to because you're new to this you should be doing those sort of lower cost group things because actually they can be much harder to sell um and that kind of bleeds into like merges into number three which was charging appropriately which I've actually mostly covered that was the third thing I did um and like I said it was it was, I wasn't going to play around with those lower priced things. Now I did do that. I'm a big fan of layering when it comes to making money. So once the one-to-ones were working, I offered a group course and that sold out. And then I offered an e-course and that sold out. So like it was like layering them in bit by bit. Um, not everything worked. Um, the first year things worked pretty amazingly. I have to say, and it was the second year where it got a bit harder. But I'm going to talk a bit about why that was in my next point. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to me how safety, like, can make us more cautious. That because we, when we feel at risk and unsafe, as I very much did at the beginning of my business, you um, are willing to take greater risks because you're already at risk. Whereas when we feel safe, we're scared of risking that safety. Or even though it's, and I say this all the time, the key question there is asking yourself if it's the safety you actually want. Like, where are you holding on to safety that you didn't choose and that you don't actually want? And where in doing that are you allowing the safety you actually want to pass you by? I think that's such an important thing to think about. Okay. And the last one. Number four, and I used to chalk this up to naivety um, and it was only very recently I was chatting to my coach um, and it she helped me to see that it really wasn't naivety. It was more that I was less hindered by other people. So the last one was that I was able to follow my own magic more, my own instincts more. I did things like charging that amount without really knowing I shouldn't or that there was other people would have any opinions on that. I did when I did my videos and I only really realized this like literally years later when people said it, I never used it. And I still don't really, Oh, you know, I wouldn't introduce myself. I wouldn't say, hey, I'm Ray, money and business coach. Like, and sometimes I'll do that now but I just didn't think about it. Um, and so people would say, oh, I just love how you're more yourself. You're not doing this sort of intro thing. And I was like, oh, If I was late, I'd say, sorry, I'm late. Like, oh my God, this was happening. I'd bang on about my fringe. Like I'd come on camera and be like, oh, sorry, I'm just sorting out my fringe. I just didn't know that I should be anything else. It didn't occur to me. Um, And it was as, it was so interesting to me because obviously, like I said, made that 94 grand the first year. And the second year was the first time again that I made the mistake that I have made repeatedly. I'm hoping I'm getting out of it. now where it's that feeling of, I want to scale. I want to do, I want to get things to get bigger. And so you start, I start outsourcing my magic. Stop following my instincts. Start deciding I've got to do it the ways other people are doing it. I've got to dull down the ways that I naturally do things. And a lot of that first year, a lot of how I leapt from £7.50 to 7 pounds with no website. And no email list was because I was really in tune with what worked for me. Really in tune with that. I showed up as me because I didn't know better. I didn't know how to do it any other way. And actually, there is no better than that. You know, that's how I I jumped in and was like, huh, what? What is going on here? How is this working so well? And that's why I won't. And I really don't love it when coaches are like, do this, 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 take step A, B, and C, and you will make six figures, seven figures, because you could copy the exact steps of another coach, of another person in your industry. You could follow their exact steps and not make the money that person did, because it bypasses you. It bypasses the reason people buy from you. It isn't the steps you take. There are so many different ways to make that money. So many different ways. And you will find two people who've absolutely got proven, quote unquote, proven formulas that absolutely contradict each other. Both, and I you know, believe the majority of people, both making seven figures. But what they're not talking about is the bits that are about what worked for them as people as humans so what would I do now I would do the same <laughs> I would do the same um, I did build my business on Facebook groups I understand that in a lot of businesses, they're not working in the way that they used to. Although, like I said, I know a number of people absolutely smashing it with Facebook groups. I think often, you know, you can make any of the everyone's like, oh, you've got to be on TikTok. You've got to be on this. You've got to be on that. This is dead now. But there's people making all of it work. There's people making bloody, what was it called? Clubhouse work. Still. You know, it's about finding your people and gathering a community there. So I don't think the media matters, but what matters is what I outlined. It's about getting visible as you, who you are. It's about selling and just think of selling as inviting people who wanna work with you to work with you. Selling is not pushing, it's not manipulating, it's not taking people's money, it's inviting, that's it. So you invite them to work with you, you price at rates that work for you and what you need. Having said that, you might be somebody who's like, well, my partner earns a certain amount of money or I'm comfortable, this is my other job, or whatever. So also be aware of like, um, I did a reel on this the other day. Like, what is the actual exchange for your work? Like what impact does your work have? Be mindful of that. You want to match the energy of your offering to the price so that it feels good to you but it also feels good to the people on the receiving end of that offer if they if you're going to give them something that is transformative that is beautiful that is impactful and i'm talking products and services here then you want to charge in a way that works alongside that impact so yeah medium doesn't matter Get visible, sell, price accordingly. And most importantly, tap into you and what you want and what works for you. If you find your insides responding to a suggestion a coach has made, maybe a suggestion I've made, and your, your insides are like, well, I don't like that, but I think that's how you make money. That's what I should do. It's a little bit of a complicated route with that because sometimes it's conditioning. Sometimes it's because you'd be taking up space. Sometimes it's because you've been told you should be nice at all costs. You've been taught that. You've been taught to seek permission. You've been taught to stay small. Sometimes it's because what's being suggested goes against what works for you. And your gut, your body knows that. Your instincts know that. And so finding ways that allow you to be you and allow you to get people or allow people to get to know you, to trust you, hang out with you, be in your world. That's a lot of where the magic is. That has been something I have noticed again and again and again in my business. How can I be me? How can I share with people my most powerful work, the most pure version of what I do that comes from me? That's where the impact lies and where the impact lies is so often where the money you desire lies as well. So obviously, like I said, I did this without a website. I might have had had like a page I don't know I didn't have much and I definitely did it without an email list now would I suggest that you do that now I definitely wouldn't suggest doing it without an email list I'll be honest of all of the social media platforms and all of that stuff podcasts you own email lists you own so anyone that signs up to that giving your GDPR permission of course You know, that no one can take that away from you in the way that we're seeing with Instagram. People aren't using it as much. That can be really shaky. So, yes, build. It's like um, it's backup. Build an email list and do email them. I don't care if you're a product business or um, a uh, service business. Email those people regularly i still don't email my list as much as i would like to i want it to be weekly without fail and i'm still getting into that like five six seven years later so it can be a work in progress but yes i would say to have that but what i will say is i know multiple people i know multiple people earning multiple six figures who don't have websites who've done that without a website who've used landing pages to do it am i therefore saying no one needs a website no what I am saying is, and I know, I also know from those people that a lot of them are like, oh, I must get my website sorted. So they're not proposing it as a business model, but they have been able to run their business without it. Again, this would depend on your business. If you're a product based business, you could be on Etsy, you could be on various different things, but you might really need a website. But if you're a service based business, you have time. You don't need to put off being visible, selling, charging well, because you don't have a website. And that's the difference. I sorted my website pretty quickly. It took me longer to do an email list, but they've got much easier than when I started. But you don't have to wait all the time. When I started, I had a Facebook group. I sold in that Facebook group. I used to invoice people PayPal Links and I didn't have to do a payment plan or anything. So every month I would send out the invoices. and I just have to wait for people to pay. There was no automated payments like I would do now. I didn't know how to do that, but I didn't let it stop me. I I did what I could do. And so yeah, it was like not the most slick. Still isn't the most slick, but it, I did not let it stop me selling, showing up, or charging the amounts I needed to charge so that would be my main thing is do the thing do it um, I hope that's been helpful I'd love to hear your thoughts you can pop to Instagram and DM me or send me an email I'm much more likely to reply on Instagram just to say so <laughs> try there first um but yeah um I've loved sharing this with you all um and I will see you very very soon